Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I will be your host. You can email me at sarcasticleadbook at gmail. Follow me on Instagram at sarcastic.aa.book. Visit my website, recoveryradiokmp3.com. Books, go to sarcasticbitbook.com. And as always, I am so glad you're here with me. I don't know if your day is just getting started or it's just winding down or it's somewhere right in the middle, but here we are, you and me, and I am glad for that. I have no desire to drink today. I did wake up with my regular cup of coffee this morning instead of that counterfeit hazelnut I had to have a few days back. I'll say it again like most hazelnuts, I don't think they taste good. Taste like chemicals, but that Don Francisco's is something else. Anyways. Anyways, I got some wonderful messages and emails uh, in the last few days um, about about all kinds of stuff. About working on character defects and ACA and a lot of people asking about a movie I mentioned earlier. And some updates from people and some modeling jokes and it's just great. I love it so much. If you haven't already, you're thinking about it, drop me a line sometime. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from all of you. All right. Today I wanted to talk about something I normally don't talk about, which is the 12 and 12. And I just wanted to read something from it. There's some, I think, some great things in the 12 and 12. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. A little AA book written by Bill, all on his own. And came out in 1952. Big book came out in 1939. Um, but there's some great stuff in there. And um, my original 12 and 12, I still have. It looks like, I mean, I, I think I don't think there's anything in there not highlighted. I was hardcore into that for a while. But as you know, I am a big 
lover of the big book. I think it's really simple and beautiful. And personally, I think it's divinely inspired. All that being said, I'm going to read something from the 12 and 12 about playing God, self-will. It's on page 37 if you want to read along. We'll all wait for you. Go ahead. We'll all just sit here and wait, have our coffee. You're making this all about you. Okay. Page 37. I'm going to start, paraphrase here a little bit. First full paragraph in the first sentence. He might first take a look at the results normal people are getting from self-sufficiency. Non-alcoholics. He's about to talk about non-alcoholics. Are you ready? Also, I want to read this because, I mean, how fitting. Everywhere he sees people filled with anger and fear. Society breaking up into warring fragments. Each fragment says to the others, we are right and you are wrong. Every such pressure group, if it is strong enough, self-righteously imposes its will upon the rest. And everywhere the same thing is being done on an individual basis. The sum of all this mighty effort is less peace and less brotherhood than before. The philosophy of self-sufficiency is not paying off. Plainly enough, it is a bone-crushing juggernaut whose final achievement is a ruin. I'll read on a little bit. Therefore, we who are alcoholics can consider ourselves fortunate indeed. Each of us has had our own near-fatal encounter with the juggernaut of self-will and has suffered enough under its weight to be willing to look for something better. So it is by circumstance rather than virtue that we've been driven to AA, admitted defeat, and have acquired the rudiments of faith and now want to make a decision to turn our will and lives over to a higher power. Describing the non-alcoholic, everywhere he sees people filled with anger and fear, society breaking up into warring fragments. Each fragment says to the others, we are right and you are wrong. Every such pressure group, if it is strong enough, self-righteously imposes its will upon the rest. And everywhere the same thing is being done on an individual basis. The sum of all this mighty effort is less peace and less brotherhood than before. The philosophy of self-sufficiency is not paying off. Plainly enough, it is a bone-crushing juggernaut whose final achievement is ruin.
page 37 of 12 and 12, written in 1952. You know, selfishness sucks for everyone, for all people. And tying that back to the big book, this is the first requirement of step three is that we be convinced that any life not just an alcoholic's life, any life run on self-will really can't be called a success because I'd be in collision with something or somebody, usually, even if my motives kick ass. But how fortunate are we that we, as my friend Dave likes to say, we're forced into living a more comfortable life. We have to be rid of the selfishness. Some people take that to a real extreme, you know, intellectually. I can't mostly be concerned with myself, my resentments, and my my self-pity. can't be thinking of myself most of the time. And even when I think about whether or not I'm thinking about myself too much, I'm thinking about myself. It's just... <laughs> it's so simple that it took me a while to catch up with its simplicity. When I first got this message, I I was still kind of tangled up with it quite a bit, trying to get out of self. Just, is this selfish? Is this selfish? Is this selfish? That's the constant question is selfish, but it took some time for me to discover that mental strain concerning this is going the wrong way. <laughs> it's making it harder to get out of self. But I just love that. I think about that when I read a lot the past few years in particular everywhere he looks he sees people filled with fear and anger normal people he calls them non-alcoholics warring fragments we're right and you're wrong imposing will on others well I try to live by spiritual principles spiritual principles are much larger than details of what is happening around me. There are principles that solve everything that's solvable around me. For example, I don't 
do I think it's God's will for me to stress out my wife? I don't. You can disagree with that, but I don't. To me, that is a huge spiritual principle. Answers a lot of details. Therefore, should I freak out, spin out, complain, argue, fight? Point fingers of blame, point the finger instead of the way, should I do that? I don't think so. Should I roll over and just say whatever to everything? No, the opposite of that. I feel the opposite of that. I don't feel that way either. Of course, I don't feel that way. Where there's error, I may bring truth. But that's very different than there's error, may I like shove my opinion down people's throats because it doesn't the final achievement of that is ruined it doesn't help So what I do with all this is I feel a heightened level of inspiration and responsibility to be a mending force everywhere I go. People need that. Kids need that. My God. can't imagine being a child right now in this world. I would, I would be sick. Who is, who's, in, who's, I just want peace, man. I just want to feel okay so oh no I feel so fortunate blessed lucky to have stumbled into a way of life where I am not consumed with fear and anger. But I go out with a goal of contributing, making a positive difference, and being truthful. Standing on my own feet. Not crawling before anyone. Also not being a fucking dick. 
There is a way. And I am always looking for <laughs> a way that is. <laughs> always. All right. I'm going to lighten things up a little bit. Let's see what uh, Sarcastic Daily Meditations has to say today. 26th of July. Take a gander, shall we? <laughs> Is it selfish to write myself a fan email saying I really chuckle at your books? Okay. July 26th. Make it your job to always correct the people around you. They will feel safer to be themselves. Make it your job to always correct the people around you. They will feel safer to be themselves if you do that. People love that. It's very relaxing when you micromanage. <laughs> Tell people what they're doing is wrong. They love it. Your Honor, but I'm a manager. I run a business, though, so it's different. I have to tell people. I have to go around correcting people. Hey, we could talk about that all day. Used to manage a bunch of people. Yesterday's, by the way, was be critical of people who are being vulnerable. Be very critical of them. If they're being vulnerable. Very sound to do that very caring and let's look at more sarcastic daily meditations this one's not as funny <laughs> know-it-alls are usually beloved <laughs> that's kind of funny all right i'm out of here uh have an amazing rest of your week i'll be back on friday I have uh, two modeling shoots to do. Um, one of them, I ride an alligator in like, it's like a Tarzan motif kind of happening. I'm riding an alligator. I'm drinking a pre-workout. <laughs> I forget what it's called. And then I'm doing... <laughs> I'm doing modeling for, um, it's just, it's a company called Loin, and they're just, they're trying to bring back the loincloth as like a fashionable thing. So I'm just there in a loincloth all greased up <laughs> and just rocking it, killing it. Looks so good. Eh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go. I really am going to go now. I am going to go try to be rad. If you need to hear it, I'll say everything's okay. I do not know why my life is saved, but I'm going to go try to live a life that was worth saving.